make noise. Make noise, make noise, make noise, make noise. Make noise, make noise, make noise, make noise, make noise. Make noise, make noise. Make noise. This is another man that I highly respect. I'm part of uh, 100 Blacks. They actually created 100 Blacks in law enforcement. I did a lot of great things in New York City in terms of uh, people of color and the police being in the police department. Uh, Brooklyn Borough President at this moment, Eric Adams, how are you feeling, sir? Good, brother. How are you, man? You know what? I, I know I must have urinated on myself laughing at your earlier people you had on. <laughs> And I want to touch on that last caller because our sister said she didn't like Biden or Trump, so she's not voting for either one. No, you did vote because a no vote is a vote. And folks need to understand that. You need to go to the process. Even if you go there and write in whoever you want, you can write in Oopty School. The mere fact you go through the process so there's no excuse for not going through the process because that is a vote the fact that you did not vote now what do you feel like putting in tony the tiger fucking uh, 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 blues clues <laughs> how does that help how does that help anything because when you get there not only are you voting for the top of the ticket but there are other people who are in the local races. You had assembly people. You had state senators. You have other things that's on the ballot, some type of proposition. Like New Jersey just passed a proposition to make marijuana legal. So mm -hmm. there are other things on the ba 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 ballot. So when you go, you are participating in those other things on the, on the ballot. If you don't go, other people are going to carry out your agenda and it's going to impact you in a real way. Okay, so so let's start here. If anybody who doesn't know you, you've been very active in politics in New York. You started off, you started off in the police department, right? Mm -hmm. Actually, actually, go even further back, brother. You know, I was arrested uh, as a young man, and my brother and I, we were beat bad by police officers. And I was, you know, I didn't know it then, but I was going through PTSD. I couldn't see a police car without reliving and thinking about that beating. I couldn't hear a siren. I couldn't even see that old sitcom, Adam 12. Whenever I saw that, mm -hmm. I thought about getting beat. And it wasn't until a group of civil rights leaders came to me and 12 other brothers and said, I want y'all to go in the police department after Arthur Miller was killed and fight from within. And I didn't want to go in, but I respected them. I went in and we started 100 Blacks in Law Enforcement. And we fought every day for 22 years uh, inside the police department, you know, retiring as a captain, but pushing through all of these issues. So when people read about Amadou Diallo, I didn't read about it. I knew his mother. I knew his family. When they talk about Abner Louima, I'm not reading about it. I knew Johnny Cochran. I sat in the courtroom when Bobby was convicted. So all of these cases, I was intimately involved in. So when I hear our young people talk about fighting now against police abuse, it's a continuation of what cats were doing for many years, fighting against it. Now, so you feel that as you, because I mean, for, for somebody my age, it's over. I've, I've done my thing. I'm, I'm, I stand where I stand in terms of my legacy. But younger people, you think that younger blacks and people of color should join the police and work within? Great question, brother. That's a solid question. Think about this for a moment, which I always say to young people when they t say, I'm not going to be popo. -po. I'm never going to be a cop. Think about this. 
when we were having a problem in education, black and brown colleges, HBCUs, told us to become educators. They recruited and said, go in the system and change it. Same thing with medicine. Uh, black and brown churches and sororities and fraternities, they said, go in to become medical professionals and change it from within because they're butchering black and brown people. The only place we don't tell people to go in and fight and reform is in the police department. That would be cool. But when you go to the store and buy a loaf of bread and you pay taxes, you're paying for that racist to police you in your community. What logic is that? You know, I would respect someone better if they say I'm no longer paying taxes that would go to pay for a police department that's abusive to me. But you pay for the cops and you're saying I'm going to tell if, my, if one of my brothers come who I know is, is conscientious, solid, Afrocentric. And he said, I want to go in the police department and become a detective or, or a precinct commander. We said, man, you're Uncle Tom, you're a sellout. Yeah, but you're going to pay. The sellout is paying for someone else to abuse you. Yes, we mm -hmm. need to go in and change it from within. All right, so, so here's what I want to know, because we're going to talk about your book and the cooking and everything, because I'm, <laughs> I'm professionally fat, so, so you know, I love, <laughs> I love anything involving food. But, but I, I want to ask you, as a police officer, how do you, when, when these kind of egregious abuses of power take place, you're in the department. How do you, how do you work with these people? How, how are y'all not able to push them out of the department before this even takes place? And I love that. I love that. Uh, num number one, policing and police agencies across the country, for the most part, is a safe haven for abusive people. That's the culture of policing. Anyone that's listening to your show, they should go back and see the origin of policing. In the South, it was to capture runaway slaves. In the North, mm -hmm. it was to protect property. So we never changed the culture of policing and changing the ecosystem of public safety. We should be proactive, prevent crimes, and not just respond to crime. Second, we need to have a zero tolerance. If you and I are on the street and I do a stick up or I buy, uh, and somebody get hurt, I'm charged with acting in concert. That's how it should be in the police department. If a cop is on the scene and his partner does something that hurts someone is illegal and he watches it and doesn't affirmatively stop it, he should be charged with acting in concert. And that would send the right message. You are your brother's keeper. He does something wrong. You, you don't stop it. You are just as guilty as he is. And that would change that culture. But then also folks don't understand this. Let me tell you something, brother. Every bruise knuckle every black eye you saw in the cop it didn't come from fighting only someone who committed a crime there was a lot of throwdowns in precincts brothers brothers used to tell cops all the time i'm gonna see you back in the station house because what you did was off base and you know so there were a lot of throwdowns that took place that cats were not tolerating that madness on the street and they were stepping to people the history of many of those roger abel uh, and all those other black cops during the 60s, the 70s, and 80s, they were straight up, man. That Those Guardian members were straight up, and they were stepping to cats all the time. So so with that being said, and I, I, I know you're probably not going to say it, but I know you're Brooklyn Borough <laughs> President. I know the next step for Brooklyn Borough President, which is the largest borough, is to step up and be the mayor of New York, uh, New York City. And I see that coming for you. You don't have to say nothing. I just see it in my mind's eye. I know which way it's going. If you actually do run and, 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 and become mayor of the city of New York, 
you're going to enact a lot of these changes, basically, because this is this seems like this is what's on your mind. Without a doubt, brother. Let me tell you some two places we have to address. We have to address education, because edu the lack of education leads to incarceration, and we need to understand that folks are being set up. If you don't have an education, you'll get you're going to, you're going to most likely find yourself in some type of trouble, committing some type of crime. Eighty percent of the brothers and sisters that go to Rikers Island don't have a high school diploma or equivalency diploma. Think about that, 80%, you know? And so there's certain things we can do right away when, as the mayor of the city of New York. Two things I want to tell you about right away. Number one, uh, we are going to, the most powerful posi position in the city is a precinct commander. He's hmm. is divided by precincts. A precinct commander is a miniature oligarch. He has a he has a 300 person army. He's in control of a piece of real estate in the city. Yet you and I have no say so on who's the precinct commander in your community. I say no to that. That precinct commander should be interviewed by the community residents and leaders and find out what his vision is and find out how is he going to deal with the youth in this community. And now we can check his prior records. So you look at his prior record and find out he has an abusive history. You tell him you're not a fit for my community. You're not a fit for the 77, the 2A precinct, the 3O precinct. We want someone here with an impeccable record and has a real vision of public safety in our community. The second thing is I would change the demographics of the ethnicity of the police department in two years. There are two levels of law enforcement in the city. I like to, say, to make it simple by saying the minor leagues and the major leagues. The major leagues of course, it's the NYPD. That's the big dog. But the minor league, hospital police, homeless service police. I say after you do that job for two years, with exemplary service, we pro there you go. We promote you to the police department. Why is that important? Over 85% of them are black and brown. 100% live in the city of New York. So our, <coughs> our tax dollars will stay in our city. Right now, over 30% live in the neighboring counties where our tax dollars are going. They come in, police us, and then leave. That has to change. Okay, so let me, let me ask you a question. And, and then we're going to get you the food, man, because I, I don't want to get you deep with you. We can come back and do that at another time. If people of color that live in the community are policing our community, they know the criminals, and they know how serious the criminals are. So that, that puts us in a position where if you know that Justice Allah is an ill motherfucker on the street, <laughs> you grew up with, with his family, you know what it is. How are you able to police that person? And and, and know what? Even one step one step better. You know Justice Allah is dealing with some mental health illness issues. So now you step into the family and say, listen, here's some resources and services that you could help with Justice Allah. 48% of the people at Rikers Island have mental health illnesses. So instead mm. of using the prison, you're saying, hey, Miss, Miss Allah, your son is dealing with some mental health issues. I see him walking around the street talking to himself. I see him swinging at people. I see him doing things that are reckless. Here's some tools you can do to get him the services that he needs. Or even better we yet. We try to catch him early. Catch him early. Better yet, you can say, hey, Miss Jones, I'm watching your son. He's truant, not going to school. I'm noticing he's wearing red every day. He's starting to sling drugs. 
you need to get these services to catch him before he goes down the wrong path. Right now, we don't have any pre proactive measures in our community. But if you have police officers that know the community, go to same church, go to Apicinia together, you know, shop in the same store, you can bump into them in the supermarket and say, listen, the other day on patrol, I saw your son hanging out with someone doing X, Y, and Z. Now you're more proactive and you have a different community relationship with your police department and the residents you're in. Man, you talking, you, I'll be there, man. Just tell me where to be there to DJ. Man. <laughs> tell me where to DJ. So, so you did the, you've done the book. Tell everybody about the book because that's why I actually wound up wanting the interview. You talk about the book and, 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 and how it, uh, how it, uh, parallels to health. A powerful book, man. I really want people to read it. And I'm not making any money off the book. All the money is going to health ministries. Uh, four years ago, I woke up uh, in the morning. I had a terrible pain in my stomach. I thought it was colon cancer. Uh, and then when I woke up the next day to go to the doctor, I, I couldn't see the alarm clock. I lost my sight in my left eye. I was losing it in my right. I had constant tingling in my hands and feet. It was permanent nerve damage uh, because mm -hmm. of... Uh, my diagnosis, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. Uh, right. When I came from under sedation, the doctor said, Eric, you, you should be in a coma right now. Your diabetes is in the late stages. I didn't even know I was diabetic. He said, it's in the late stages. You're going to lose your sight. You're going to lose some fingers and toes. And so I decided not to, to listen to the five doctors that told me I was going to be on insulin the rest of my life and nine medications. Instead, I decided to search out and do something different. I found whole food, plant-based diet. Brother, three weeks after going whole food, plant-based, my vision came back. Three months later, the ulcer went away. My nerve damage went away. My blood pressure normalized. My cholesterol normalized. Uh, no medicine. Only one week of medicine that stabilized my condition for, four, for over three and a half, almost four years now. I haven't had any more uh, medicine at all. My mother at 80 years old, she was diabetic for 15 years, seven years on insulin. Two months after going whole food plant-based, mom was taking off her, her, her insulin. Mm. It's the food, man. And that's what this book is about. It's called Healthy at Last. And you know, I'm really encouraging people, buy it for yourself, for your family member. Let me tell you something. I don't care who you are, we all know someone that's going through a chronic disease and they don't have to go through a cr chronic disease. We can reverse disease instead of being on medicine. The real drug dealer is not the cat standing on the corner slinging um, crap. The real Pfizer. drug dealer, that's the three-piece suit pharmaceutical company that has our family hooked on drugs for the rest of their lives. And that's what I'm trying to do with this book. I want people to see the power of this book. And food is good. The first place people should go in this book, they should go to the back, to my recipe chapter. That's what they should do. Look at these recipes. Because we think going plant-based that you have to eat, you know, lettuce all day. Like this this meal, what I'm, I'm getting ready to make, this is my three ingredients ice cream. Made out of frozen banana, healthy for you, peanut butter, um, no sugar added peanut butter, mm -hmm. and, and cacao powder. This is this is some good stuff. Mm -hmm. Put the ingredients in. You add a little water, and you just put it on your your magic bullet or neutral bullet. This is like one of my favorite go 
go-to meals when I have the munchies, you know? And you pull right there. I'm with you. I got my neutral, I got my neutral bullet in my bag. Whenever I travel, I travel with the neutral bullet. If I'm not traveling, I got my juicer. <laughs> and, and, and right there, you you're able to you have some nice you have some nice ice cream right here, man. Good to go. Great stuff. If people go out, they roll the blunt, they come back with the munchies. This is a munchie satisfier. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm, I'm gonna take that. And listen, Eric, I tell people on this broadcast all the time. I'm a Dr. Sadie disciple. So I got rid of my diabetes years ago by going plant-based. Now, every once in a while, I'll go to the side, I'll have a salmon, or I'll do something stupid, a pizza, but 85 to 85% of my diet is fruits and vegetables, man. I juice twice a day, and I'll do, a, I'll do a blender of fruits and vegetables, dates and apricots and stuff like that. The, like you said, the biggest drug dealer is not uh, uh, Raekwon Johnson from Red Hook Projects. It's <laughs> Pfizer, it's Bayer, it's all of that. And look, look, they're not telling you this even about the coronavirus. That's right. They're not telling you, they're not telling you up your immune system. They're not telling you none of that stuff. So right. people put up the book again so that they can see that, so that they, 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 that they can know where to go because that's very important to me, man. Yeah, and, look, and what it does is, it also shows us the origin of food. They could go to Healthy at Last BK. Of uh, you know, Fat Joe did a forward for me. Reverend Shopton, Papoose, uh, Remy Ma. A lot of people, because people are realizing our young community they they dying earlier, man. All this depression, all this dementia, all of this diabetes. This is all connected to our food. And I do the connection of showing the slave food connection. Because people, think about this for a moment. We walk around with dashikis, black power. We talk all that stuff. We eat a slave food. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we got to really, this is the moment of awakening that we need to experience. That's why they have this poison in our community. You go to rich communities, they have whole food. You go to, to our communities, they have junk food. And you can turn around your health by just changing and turning around your diet. You know something, Eric? Years ago, when I wasn't, when I didn't know to understand the game, I used to laugh at like at, at white people who would have the yoga pants on and they would have the yoga mat and all that, and they'd be running. And then I had to sit down and say, "Wait up, hold on! These people are trying to live. They're not trying to die." Right, brother. Well said. They're well trying said. to live. They're not trying to die. There's a difference, well man. Well said. You know what? In our community, we live to eat. In their community, they eat to live. We need to now, live. Now, 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 here's the final thing, man. And it, and it hits me too. So I'll tell you a story. When I when the coronavirus first hit, I was on the road with Maya. Maya is like, she's like a a fucking, she's like a drill instructor. You know, like she's a drill instructor, and. Anytime I'm on the road with Maya, if she sees me eating wrong, because she knows I rock with Dr. Sadie, if she sees me eating something wrong, she'll give me that look like. <laughs> and she saw me eating a cookie. And, and from that time, it said pre-existing conditions. I put the cookie down. 50, uh, uh, 35 days later, I had lost 57 pounds, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, just juicing and doing and sticking to the Sadie diet and whatever. 
it's really, really hard to tell somebody to put a pizza down and, and go over here. How do we get them? How do we get them over here? Man? I love that. I love that. I love that. That's why I said, remember what I said about the book? Go to the recipe section. Because food should be good for you. It should look good. But damn it, it should taste good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And when you start, when I, my first week of plant-based, I said, I got to eat this crap? And I said, wait a minute. Instead of saying, woe is me, I'm going to say, why not me? And I started to explore food, spices, learning how to cook new, new meals. I have 60 meals in my repertoire. And now I enjoy the taste of my food. I, can, I know how to make pizza out of cauliflower crust. I make my own uh, uh, layers by using your know, different cheeses. There's some good cheese products that are plant-based. So there are ways that you can get that same taste. Like I just said, I, I was eating the Python Haagen-Dazs. Now I don't need Haagen-Dazs anymore. I'm eating peanut butter without sugar added, cacao powder, frozen bananas. Same good sweet taste, but 100% healthy for you. Mm -hmm. 100%. Like I lean on I, people, I lean on agave. I lean on agave. Uh, uh, I lean on agave like people lean with people that are drug addicts lean on cocaine. Like <laughs> I, I, I'll put agave on anything. And you got to know what the what the shortcuts are. Our uh, people, if you want something sweet, dates. Dates are extremely sweet, but they're good for you. They they they're part of the alkaline diet. So like you said, you got to know what to eat and how to do it. Listen. Later on, after this election nonsense is over, I just want you to do me a favor for everybody because I want them to see it in action. I want you to be in your kitchen, get with the pots and pans to show them one thing, man, yeah, so they yeah. can look and say, wait a hold on. If Eric Adams can do it, the, broad, uh, the Brooklyn Borough President, well, then fuck, I can do this too. <laughs> Thank you, my brother. Appreciate you, man, for All real right. talk. Real talk with real people with a real good way to speak, because that's what we have to do. Influencers must start influencing people to real empowerment and not just a conversation, but the destination. Thank you, brother. I got Appreciate you, bro. you. <laughs> Got you, and I'll be there. I'll be there for the, for the, for the rally. I'll DJ, because I like what you talk about. We'll talk later, brother. Okay. <laughs> okay, God bless. That's my man, Eric, Eric Adams, our Brooklyn Borough President. Make Noise with Fat Man Scoop is produced by myself alongside Raj Kachetcha and the team at creativecontentagency.com. Please support this podcast by leaving us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I love that. And by following this podcast on Spotify and sharing links to episodes you enjoy with your friends. Do it. You can also email the show via podcast at fatmanscoop.com. I answer that. Or you can DM me at Fat Man Scoop. Yes, I answer DMs.